welcome to Backlog Books. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I've been reading lately. My name is Kara. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for spoilers. I am currently making my way, making my way through the um, Rivers of London series by Ben Aronovich. I'm reading book four right now. Um, it's a very good series, very fun. Um, I'm going to talk about the first book on this podcast um, whenever I, I get around to it. But let's get started. This time we are talking about Planetfall by Emma Newman. Here is the summary. Renata Gali believed in Lee Sumi's vision of a world far beyond Earth, calling to humanity, a planet promising to reveal the truth about our place in the cosmos, untainted by overpopulation, pollution, and war. Ren believed in that vision enough to give up everything to follow Sumi into the unknown. More than 22 years have passed since Ren and the rest of the faithful braved the starry abyss and established a colony at the base of an enigmatic alien structure where Sumi has since resided alone. All that time, Ren has worked hard as the colony's 3D printer engineer, creating the tools necessary for human survival in an alien environment and harboring a devastating secret. Ren continues to perpetuate the lie forming the foundation of the colony for the good of her fellow colonists, despite the personal cost. Then a stranger appears, far too young to have been part of the first planet fall, a man who bears a remarkable resemblance to Sumi. The truth Ren has concealed since planet fall can no longer be hidden, and its revelation might tear the colony apart. Planetfall was published in 2015. It is the first book in the Planetfall series, which comprises four books and a collection of short stories. Each book can be read as a standalone, though I admit I had a lot of fun reading them in order. I think they play off of each other really well. The series was nominated for the Best Series Hugo Award in 2020. Our author, Emma Newman, is from England. She is a writer and also works as an audiobook narrator, which is neat, so she narrated her own books. She has also written several fantasy books. She has, like, a whole fantasy series. Planetfall, however, is her first science fiction book. All of the books in this series deal with mental health challenges. They're very introspective, very focused in on each character, um, because each book is written in first person, I believe. So, <laughs> all that to say, the content warning I want to give specifically for Planetfall is that one of the characters is a hoarder, has a problem with hoarding things, um, and the people around this character, when they find out, do not react in a compassionate manner uh, in any way, shape, or form. So just be aware if that is something that bothers you. As I said, um, this book is written in first person. Persian? <laughs> this book is written in first person. Our narrator is Ren, the engineer in charge of the 3D printers that make everything they use in this colony on this other planet. So they have like huge industrial grade 3D printers. 
Something like 60 years ago, they left Earth behind, and 20-ish years ago, they made it to this planet where they've set up their colony at the base of a strange, shifting, very alien structure that they call God's City. And one of the things I like about this kind of sci-fi is that the technology doesn't feel magical. It's like all of the things that she has these characters use or do, it's all stuff that, like, we have the beginnings of or, like, have had ideas for. It's like 3D printers. If you extend that technology to its best possible use, then you get, like, huge industrial-grade 3D printers that can print houses out of reusable material or, like, material from the world around you so that your house is, like, part of the environment instead of something that is, like, foreign to the environment. And they have, like, chips in their brain that they can send messages to each other or look up information from their databases or record what they're seeing through, like, lenses implanted in their optic nerves. It's stuff that there are people today working, trying to do. And I think that's cool. I like that. So they have figured out how to 3D print their houses and recycle all the materials so that if something breaks, they can return it to the 3D material stockpile and reuse it. And so they don't ruin this brand new alien environment that they are in. They have basically created a post-scarcity colony far removed from the chaos they left behind on Earth. Isn't that nice? Sure would be a shame if your post-scarcity colony was built on a big ol' lie now, wouldn't it? We'll leave that for later. For now, Ren is the only person who maintains the printers. This is a little tip for you, for your life. It's not great to have only one person in charge of the things that are literally keeping them all housed and fed and alive. And they know this. They were all handpicked to go on this mission because they're all extremely smart and specialists in their fields. And yet, for the past 20-ish years they've been on the planet, Ren has taken complete control of the printers and their maintenance. She has been gradually shutting everyone out of both her life and the 3D printers. And there's a certain amount of complacency among the colonists. They reached their destination on their once-in-a-lifetime journey. They were all hand-picked to be explorers and to make new discoveries on this alien world. But for the last couple decades, they've been stagnating. Some of this, I think, is the effect of the first-person point of view, because Ren is so wrapped up in all the things she's trying to hide that she wouldn't notice if others were working on amazing projects and making world-altering discoveries. But a lot of the stagnation is constructed by Ren and Mac. They are the only two people who know what really happened to Sumi and what happened during Planetfall when the, when the colonists left their ship for the last time. And Mac was one of the first people recruited to go on this mission, but that's mostly because he had a lot of money and could bankroll it. Um, so he is de facto in charge of the colony um, while Sumi is away. 
And he and Ren have built kind of a mythos around Sumi, which honestly wasn't all that hard. After all, Sumi is the person they all followed through space to this new world, leaving behind their earth and their lives and families. And she led them to a world where they found exactly what she told them they would find. They found this weird alien structure. It's all very Moses. Um, before they left Earth, Sumi had fallen into a coma and woken up with visions of this planet and alien structure and the knowledge to build the spacecraft to take them there. She led her followers across space for 40 years. She's gone up into the mountain slash alien structure to commune with quote-unquote God, while the colony at the base of the alien structure, her people, wait for her to return. So Ren and Mac, like I said, were among the first to join Sumi's quest and to believe in her vision, walk this careful path of keeping everyone's faith in Sumi alive without allowing it to tip into religious fanaticism. That's a careful balance to keep. So once a year, there's a message from Sumi in a burning bush. No, sorry, uh, that's Moses again. It does arrive on a tree growing just inside or like on the outskirts of this god city structure. And every year the colonists gather and wait for her message. And every year the weight of the secrets Ren is keeping buries her a little deeper. She is on the verge of collapse like this whole book and has completely isolated herself from basically everyone except Mac. And even then, she doesn't like him. She just talks to him because she has to. But a few days before the next message from Sumi is due to arrive, a stranger appears. Uh-oh, on our alien planet? After they take him in, they discover that he's Sumi's grandson. This seems impossible, given that Sumi's only child was thought killed in a pod crash during Planetfall. The stranger, Sung Su, says that they survived the crash and have been living in the wilds of the planet for the last 20 years, scrounging out a living while their fellow colonists have been living in relative luxury and safety. But recently, a storm washed out their settlement, and Sung Su believes himself to be the only survivor. So he sought out the rest of the colonists. His arrival puts Mac and Ren in a frenzy as they try to keep the colony running smoothly. But, I mean, the mere fact of his existence is raising questions that they've been trying to smother or sidestep for the past 20 years. It's hard to introduce a guy who shouldn't exist into your carefully constructed ecosystem without some unforeseen challenges arising. In the end, Sung Su will bring more than change to the colony at the base of God City. He will bring everything they thought they left behind on Earth. Chaos, conflict, and the constant struggle for survival. Ren, who spends a lot of this book blaming Mac and blaming other people for everything that went wrong from their arrival to now, she will have to face her own role and scariest of all, return to the depths of God's city and face what happened to Sumi. I liked this book so much 
Um, I immediately went and read the rest of the series. Like I said earlier, I like the technology, which is not indistinguishable from magic, but seems like it's nearly within our own reach. But then there's also the mystery of how Sumi knew about the planet at all, how she led them there and knew what to expect, and what God's city even is. As the story unfolds, you get glimpses back to the beginning, to Sumi's coma and visions, to choosing candidates for the journey, to arriving into the fateful, eponymous planet fall. Do people use the word eponymous for anything except albums? Eponymous. I mean, that may not be exactly what I want, but it's fun to say, the eponymous planet fall. In the fine tradition of science fiction, Newman uses a vision of the future to showcase the potential end destination of our current system. <sighs> Apparently, there is one more book Newman would like to write in this series, so if you all could do me a favor and start reading them so that a publisher will pick up and publish the final book, I would be very grateful. Each successive book ends with a bunch of different groups heading towards the same destination, and I would love to see how it all goes horribly wrong. If you want more media like this, try An Unkindness of Ghosts by River Solomon, Solaris by Stanislaw Lem, or Piranesi by Susanna Clark. Those are all very different vibes, but somewhere in the overlap of that Venn diagram is Planetfall. So join me next time to hear about The Adventures of Amina al-Sarafi by Shannon Chakraborty. As always, you can contact me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support it, the best way to do that right now is to rate and review it or just share it with a friend. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast or at backlogbooks.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.